There it is. Can't think of a more appropriate song to introduce our thoughts this morning. It's a great privilege that we have to be here. Thank you for your effort in being here today. I want to begin by reading from Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8 through 10, to introduce our thoughts this morning. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As we consider these verses this morning, we often talk about uh, faith and and salvation and how that's offered uh, from God. I want us to key specifically on verse 10 this morning, for he says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about generosity. And I want us to look at generosity in a fuller sense in that I want us to consider our lives and how we give to other people, not just with our money. When we hear the word generosity, what do you think of? Where does your mind go? We generally think of money, don't we? There's always an individual, a group, a foundation, somebody is looking for your donation, right? That's something that we deal with every day. But again, I want us to look at this in a broader sense because I cannot think of a more generous group of people than the people that are sitting here in the pews this morning. I am just amazed of the generosity of this group of people, and it's such a great blessing. So I don't want you to interpret this sermon as a call for you to give more money but rather for us all to look at our own lives and look at ways how we and look at the ways that we can be more generous generous both we as individuals and as the church collectively should be a generous and a giving people it should be a a, a philosophy of life that we have that we are going to give of those things that we've been given And it's not just in word, but rather, again, it's something that we do, something that's a part of our life. You know, generosity, the word generous defined is showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. That's where I find myself sometimes is giving just what's expected, trying to meet a certain standard. But being generous... Living a generous life is about choices, and we all have a choice to make every day. Living a generous life isn't about my income, it's not about your job, it's not about our social standing, but it has everything to do with the way we think. God's people are called to be generous all of the time. We're called to be generous Regardless of the condition that we find ourselves in, regardless of any particular crisis, or even the amount of resources that we have. I call to mind as Paul spoke of the church at Macedonia, and he talked about the attitude that they had. He said, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond 
their ability. They were freely willing, imploring imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Look at that again. He says, in a great trial of affliction, Scripture says that these people gave not out of the great amount of resources that they had, but he said they gave out of their poverty. He said they gave according to their ability and beyond their ability. This is an admirable group of people. They didn't give because they had great, uh, a great bank account. Not that they had a great amount of resources, but they gave from the heart. And they did what they did with persistence and with passion. I believe it's apparent in Scripture that this group of people, this church, gave to Paul's minister, ministry time and time again. They did that on a continual basis. Similarly, in Philippians, he speaks of the church there. He says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. This group of people gave to Paul again and again and again. They were willing and ready for the job. So I want to, again, let's, let's look at generosity in a full sense, not just our money. We'll talk about that. But let's look at ways that we can be generous every day in different aspects of our life. Uh, This is smaller font. You can't read it probably, but I've highlighted names here. And what I'm wanting to accomplish here is to look at these people that Paul mentions in Romans 16. And, And their names are highlighted. We don't know specifically what these people did to help Paul. But it's very clear from Scripture that they had a great impact on the work that he did. All of these names, these are people that had a direct uh, impact in Paul's life. And you can tell by reading this, you hear the love and the compassion that he's expressing to them for what they've done. That's what you and I need to do. We need to be people like that, that invest in other people and that help them in any and every way possible. I believe that God wants to use you and I to be an answer to prayer. In 1 John 3, verse 16 through 18, By this we know love, because He laid down His life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, How does the love of God abide in Him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed. We're told here that if we have this world's goods, if we have resources and we see our brother in need and we refuse to respond, 
We've got a heart problem, don't we? It comes down to love. God loved us. We, in turn, are to extend that love to others. How often have you said, I'm, I'm praying for, for you? You've told someone, I'm praying for you. I've said to people many times, if you need something, call me. And that's okay. And, and prayer is one of the greatest things that we can do. But beyond that, we've got to be looking for those opportunities to meet those needs. And we can only do that when we involve ourselves in other people's lives. For us to be generous, it takes action and awareness. We have to be looking. I like to think of it in this way. We've got to have our antenna up and we've got to be searching for opportunities. Now, for some of you younger folks, you may, antenna may be a, a strange term to you. When I was a kid, we had a small TV. It had two little metal antennas on it. There were two channels uh, broadcast from Lubbock and we had to adjust those antennas just right to get the picture clear. Later, we got fancy and got an antenna on the roof that made it easier to receive those signals. But we've got to be like that. We've got to have our antenna up and looking for opportunities to serve other people. Because those, those opportunities are not just always going to walk up and hit us in the face, but it's something we've got to be looking for. Not only does it take awareness, but it takes action as well. It takes effort. It takes a great deal of effort to be involved in other people's lives. You know, so many times after the fact, we see a need met in somebody's lives, and, and my thought is, well, I, I didn't know they had that need. What it comes down to is being involved. If I'm involved with a person, I'm going to know them in a closer relationship, and I'm going to see those necessities so that I can respond. When we invest in other people's lives, we're going to be able to meet those needs. Galatians 6 and verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. <clears throat> Again, I think sometimes the attitude is that we need to give, we have to give, but I hope that we'll look at it as a mindset of we get to give. <clears throat> we have opportunities. There are all kinds of opportunities around us every day, and as I said, that takes and requires action on our part. Proverbs 11, verses 24 and verse 25 says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. <clears throat> Some translations say, he who refreshes will be refreshed himself. We've all seen people that tend to just give and give and give, and they still have more to give. And I'm not preaching a prosperity doctrine this morning, but I think Scripture is clear that when we have the love of God, we're going to use the resources that we have to be a blessing to other people. And I think when we do that, 
we're still going to continue to have those opportunities. Galatians 2 simply says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So for just a minute, we will talk specifically about generosity of money. But again, I think this goes so much farther. And, and our physical resources can be a blessing to people in many ways. <clears throat> I believe that generosity is a cure for selfishness. Proverbs 11, verses 18 and 19, But they lie in wait for their own blood, they lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owner. Greed can be such a destructive thing. And I think we've seen it at times where people are so concerned about money, so concerned about keeping what they have that it tends to just choke the life completely out of them. You know, you and I only need to look around us. The world that we live in is extremely materialistic, and that creates a lot of trouble in people's lives. I believe the only way for us to overcome materialism is to give. We grow in love and compassion every time that we give, and that helps us break the grip of materialism. I believe that generosity deepens relationships. Matthew 6 and 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, really the trail of money tells us where our heart is, doesn't it? I think this needs to be a real gut check for us at times. Where, where does my money go? Where is my heart? Who are the people that I hang out with? Who are the people that I invest in? Giving always draws us closer to the person that we give to. There is no way that you and I can't have more love and compassion for someone if we are giving to them, if we are investing in them. I like to look at it this way. Every relationship that we have, every person that we involve ourselves in, we are either a plus or a minus. We are either a plus or a minus to that relationship. If we're generous, then we're adding value to that relationship. But if we don't, we're just a net zero. Again, I think it's a, uh, it's a matter of where our heart is and how we think about money. I'm going to use this verse 10 in Luke 16, but if you read in Luke 15, Luke 16, and even after that, Christ is specifically talking to the Pharisees, and He's addressing their love of money. He's addressing their greed. But He also addresses His disciples, and He says in verse 10, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Again, this idea that our generosity is not incumbent on the amount of money that we have or the amount of resources that we have. If we're faithful, we're going to be faithful in a small amount. We're going to be faithful in a large amount. Even the best investments in this life only last while we're here. But when we invest in people, 
we make an investment that lasts a lifetime, and that's a blessing that never goes away. Paul addresses generosity in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 10, where he says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, God supplies seed to the sower, and, may he, and, and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. God supplies seed for the sower. God supplies what you and I need, but He also multiplies that gift when you and I turn around and are generous, when we sow seed. God's going to bless us in our giving. You know, our view of generosity very much is shaped by our environment. Whether we're generous or not really is shaped by the people we're around. Let's be very careful, especially those who are parents and grandparents, and make sure that we model for these young children a life of generosity. Matthew 5 and verse 42 says, Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Christ, time and time again, reminds us that we are to give, that we are to go the extra mile. Giving softens our heart. It takes the focus off of us and places it where it should be on other people. You know, there's a lot of talk about investments. The Daily News reports about the stock market, whether it's up or down. We want to invest for our future. We invest for retirement, and those are good things. But you know, when we make an investment, there's a certain amount of our thought process and energy that that pays attention to that, don't we? If we make an investment, we want to know that that investment's going up. And if it's not, we're going to make adjustments. But you know, when we invest in other people, when we give something away, we don't have to worry about it losing its value. It's already done its job. <clears throat> Here's a tough one for me. Generosity of time. Our time is important to us, isn't it? If something demands our time, sometimes the easy thing to do is to throw money at it. We're extremely blessed in a monetary way. Sometimes, rather than giving our time, it's easier to just give money, right? There are things that demand our time, and, and our response sometimes is, well, I just don't have time for that. Sometimes our response is such that we have some feeling that somehow we have less time to give than other people do. We're all jealous of our time. We, that's something that we guard closely. We need to be very careful about where, how, and who we invest our time in. Hebrews 6 verse 10 says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. I truly believe that the time that we invest in other people is never wasted.
Galatians 5.13, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I believe that the generosity of our time, the use of our time, is a place where often we use as an opportunity to the flesh. But I have seen people in my life that have been generous, they were generous when they were young people, while they were raising a family, while they were working at a job. In retirement, those same people are still generous, taking people to doctor's appointments, doing any number of things that most of us never know about. They do that because they're willing to give their time. What about generosity of influence? We all have our sphere of influence. There are people that we have an influence over. And if we're all honest, there's not a one of us here this morning that wouldn't be here if it weren't for the influence of somebody else in our lives. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever... A man sows that will he will looks like I messed up a slide there. Sometimes I paste too many things in one slide. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men. There's the key, isn't it? As we have opportunity. Some of us have a job that connects us to a a great large group of people. Some of us may have only our family that we're closely involved in. But whatever the situation is, we can be generous with our influence. The next one, and I didn't think about this till I put the PowerPoint together, and that could be a little comical because I know a lot of people that are generous with their words. But obviously we're not talking about quantity of words, but the quality of the words that we use. We all have opportunities to help other people, to build them up, to encourage them. Sometimes we make the choice to use our words in a wrong way. And I'm not proud of it, but I've, probably most of you have heard the, the sonic car hop story about me, and I won't give you all the details. If, if you want the colorful version, you can talk to Callan. But the sad truth was, I had an opportunity one day. A young lady had made a mistake. I had the opportunity to make her feel better and to help her. But I made a choice that really was of no value. It made her feel worse. It made me feel worse. So let's be careful about the words that we choose. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication Proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let's use words that encourage, words that build people up, words that are fit 
for the occasion. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words are powerful. We can use our words to cut people down. We can use our words to encourage and build them up. You know, and it's not just the words that we speak verbally. We can write a note or a letter of encouragement to someone. We can do something good for others by uh, sending a personalized note. We can also share a memory. This is something that happened to me just a few days ago. I was uh, taking some equipment to a farm sale there just a, a mile away from mom's house. There were a couple of gentlemen there, older men that were peers of my dad. And I hadn't seen these men in, uh, in quite some time. But I went to them and spoke to them and visited short, uh, for a short time. And both of those guys at different times spoke of my dad and how they missed him and, and said kind words about him. That's something that builds people up. That's something that you and I can do. We can share a compliment. And I'm not talking about some way, fake way of building people up. But there's usually a way that we can find to compliment someone on a job they've done or, or any number of things that we can, can, again, be an encouragement to them. Generosity of thoughts. I, this one's kind of a tricky one to me. The Bible speaks of loving your neighbor as yourself. And you know, sometimes I just don't think positively of other people. I don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Have you ever seen someone, you've never met them before, but their appearance or their demeanor causes you to make a judgment about them, about their character? I think we all do that at times, and that's extremely unfair, isn't it? If we don't take the time to know someone, to get to know them, we have no right to make those judgments about them. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every aspect of our life should be under Christ's control. And that includes our thought life. We have got to be careful that we make sure that our thoughts always are under Christ's rule. Proverbs 3 verse 27 says, do not, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. This is a concept that my dad taught me. He said, whether it's something you give or something you can say to someone else, don't pass up the opportunity because you may not have that opportunity again. You know, there's people in our lives that are just always thoughtful, people that remember birthdays, anniversaries, uh, events in people's lives, even sometimes difficult events for people. And they remember that through a, a call or a text or a note or some small gift. Those are things that have a great impact on people's lives. And that's something that we can do just with our thought processes, just remembering things about other people. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition 
or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. If we are generous in thought, we are going to be an encouragement to other people. Here's another one. Generosity of attention. And uh, I had a perfect example of this Friday night. I was at the fellowship here at the church Friday night. Mike Hayes and I were talking. In the conversation, he asked a question. And I didn't know the answer, but I knew where to go to find it. So I pulled my phone out and opened up an app and I answered the question. There's nothing wrong with that. But who had or what had my attention in the middle of that conversation? My phone did, not Mike. We need to give our attention fully to other people when we're engaged with them. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone else and you see them looking over your shoulder, scanning the crowd to see who else is there that they might want to talk to? I think of what James said in James 2 and verse 4. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man with filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, You stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Do we sometimes give our attention to people or circumstance that we believe can benefit us? Especially those of you with young children, I want to remind you about your attention. Give your attention to these children while you have the opportunity. You don't have them long. Treat those young people with the respect that you want to be treated with. The last one is generosity of stuff, and that can entail a lot of things. But you know, when we look at our lives and, and the, just, just what we have, we have a lot of stuff. And our nation seems to be obsessed with more and more things, even to just to the point of excess or even hoarding at times. Back in October, I went to the leadership conference and Brother Mark Woody from the uh, Dallas area gave a really good presentation on materialism. And he shared some statistics that I found really interesting, and I want to share just a few of those with you this morning. 38% of Americans rent storage space outside of their home. And that comes to a total of 2.3 billion square feet of storage space. That's broken down to an approximately 23 million individual storage units. The next statistic is the one that really stu stuck out to me. Of all those numbers, of that 38%, 50% of those were storing items that simply will not fit in their homes. In other words, just excess. Again, I'll use myself as an example. Recently, Rhonda and I repainted our closet. We had to move everything out of the closet, get it painted, and then we 
started the process of putting things back in. I ended up with a box of stuff. I don't use it, haven't used it in years, but for some reason I held on to it. It's still on the shelf. I put it back in the nice painted closet. My point is here not that we take our used, worn out, useless things and give them to people that are in need. That's not my point. Rather, let's change our mindset. Stuff is not important, but people are. Let's each individually evaluate how we can use the resources that we have to benefit and assist others, rather than just collecting more and more stuff that will be stuffed away somewhere, never to be used again. On the other hand, there are people that tend to have just the right thing you need and they're willing to share it with you. I have a neighbor that is a guy that's just extremely generous. He's got the equipment that he has, it's yours to use if you need it. There's one summer, about 10 years ago, I, it was the middle of summer, crops were growing, the weeds were growing, and my spray rig broke down. And it was gonna take days for it to be repaired. Brian, I was talking to Brian about it. He said, go get mine. I'm caught up. Get my spray rig. Use it. I said, okay, what kind of lease can I pay you? He said, I don't want to be paid. Go get it. You use it. And that's just the type of guy he is. Just a couple of years ago, Sadler had, uh, was cutting some uh, pollinator and seed maize, and Brian just drove by and saw him, and he said, hey, I've, I've got a swather. Go get that swather and cut it so you can bale hay. He's just one of those guys that looks for those opportunities to be of service. We need to be that type of person. Titus 2, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for Himself His own special people, zealous for good works. Does that describe you and I? Are we zealous for good works? Here's what it comes down to. We each have been given the ultimate gift of generosity. God's love led Him to give us a generous gift that's beyond any monetary value, beyond comparison to anything. Titus 3, verses 1 through 5, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. 
Not because we're good. Not because we deserved it. But God's generosity is overflowing. Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Before the foundations of the earth, God chose to be generous with you and I. We'll close this morning with Psalms 145, verses 13 through 17. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and, give, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing, the Lord is righteous in all His ways, gracious in all His works. The love of God is expressed in His generosity. Is your love expressed in your generosity? Let's look at the blessings we've been given, the generosity that's been poured out on us, and let's give every time we have the opportunity. There's simply no way that we can outgive God. The message is yours this morning. If you're here and subject to the gospel call in any way, the Lord's invitation is always open. If you've been taught and would like to respond in baptism or if you have a need that we as a body of believers here can help you with, please come while we stand and sing.